sides of the story Two sides of the story Two sides of the story With Tom and Sean Welcome to Two Sides of the Story. That's Tom Sides. And that is Sean Sides. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing all right, good buddy. Excited. We got our fifth triangle episode on the go. Uh, this is your get, so I'm going to let you do all the introductions here. Sounds good. Well, without further ado, let's welcome my big brother, Josh. Hey, How's it going, thanks. Josh? Good. How are you guys? I'm good. It was a, what a stellar introduction you got from your brother there. So many compliments. <laughs> So many, like, <laughs> adoration. You can tell that he really looks up to you. I should have written something a little bigger. Big Brother's pretty good, though, right? <laughs> it felt, like, warm, I thought. Yeah, I felt very, very welcomed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Josh, I know you've been listening for, like, I guess every episode from what Sean tells me. Um, is there been things about Sean's life that have went, like, huh? I didn't know that about him that they've come to light through the podcast. Uh, yeah, there's been things definitely. Cause it's like every week there's another hour of stories or whatever. So yeah. definitely. But uh, one thing that's interesting is like hearing stories that I know, but like from his angle is kind of interesting. Oh, very good. So is there, mm-hmm. is, is there a story in particular where you want to share the truth on oh no nothing like that just like his (laughs) his perspective (laughs) that'd be awesome if i just took all your stories and everyone else's stories (laughs) yeah so you know (laughs) that's what josh is coming out here josh got out here for redemption he's gonna come here hey so the thing with the uh, where we tortured you with the frogs and stuff no 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 no. (laughs) went down no no we really did throw bugs on him it was our way of getting getting rid of them for a while. <laughs> it's such a disadvantage be when you're five years apart because it's like we we actually did an episode with uh, Uncle Mike today, Josh. Oh, nice! And, and it was like fun talking with him, like because he was a brother as well, right? So there's obviously things brothers do to torture each other that um, brother and sister don't do necessarily, right? And they, they <laughs> yeah. to team the fuck up on Jen all the time, which is. Oh yeah, we used to like harass the shit out of her. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do sometimes, tread lightly, but (laughs) some stuff you can make public. Other stuff, just stories that have to stay inside the household. (laughs) (laughs) One of like a good infamous story with me and Josh when we were kids, like the age gap was there, but Josh was always a fair older brother. We decided to have a sword fight. And uh, we had a plunger stick to use and a butcher knife. And so he was a good big brother and he gave me the butcher knife and he took the plunger stick. And so I wanted to be responsible, like being the older sibling, of course, like I felt like he should have the weapon. Yeah. Why do you think the younger of the two of you should have the actual weapon? (laughs) I felt like I was more adept at like defending and it would be, we wanted a realistic kind of fight, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It was probably around the time of like the Antonio Banderas Zorro movie or something, maybe a little before that, but anyway, so yeah, we had a good match going. It was back and forth. Jen was in the shower and, uh, 
it was really good, like jumping off couches and like all kinds of shit. Right up until I took a big swing and hit Josh across <laughs> all four fingers on the knuckles with like a full butcher knife swing. And <laughs> we like ran into the fucking, tried to knock on the bathroom. Jen was in there like, we need a towel. Josh is fucking bleeding everywhere. And Jen was like, what the fuck? Like, and still, and we didn't have time to wait. So we just left the house and went for the hospital. Jesus and Christ. I think we went, yeah, we went to the hospital and we were like, uh, we can't see you without your parents, so <laughs> I'm bleeding. Yeah, yeah it was so pretty we like had to go home, up. and then we, we eventually worked it out. But I remember Jen's side of the story. She's like, "I uh, was in the fucking shower. They scream out bloody murder. I come out, they're gone completely, and there's fucking blood everywhere." <laughs> your poor sister. <laughs> The oh, things sorry. brothers do, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you guys, like, you guys grew up doing like uh, martial arts and stuff like that. So you were kind that of was like, well before that. Yeah, it was more like in our twenties, my early thirties, around there. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. So, like, no actual training beforehand, which is oh no, no. We'd seen around. Karate Kid, we'd seen Blood Sport, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. the classics. We're like, yeah, we can do this shit. Those are basic how tos, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how many stitches did you end up needing? I think that one was like seven or so. Oh, yeah. Fuck. yeah wasn't not, too bad. Not as bad as it could have been. Are there other instances where Josh ends up in the hospital needing stitches from? Oh, I've, I think I've had stitches like. Probably seven or eight times in my life. I've Nothing only had like super times. severe. But what's that? You've only gone or your field of work? Uh, yeah, maybe two or three from work, and then the rest just from playing as a kid. Like, <laughs> I love there's it. an incident where Jen pushed me into a coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> Got like stitches on my <laughs> cheek. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just playing as a kid, bike accidents and stuff like that. Yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah I guess like, I mean, we grew up in the age of just like you, you found your limits by finding your limits, <laughs> yeah. right? So like, we, we, I guess like, you know, you only knew you can only climb so high on a tree until you fell from it or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, the 80s was, was a more fast. dangerous time for kids, that's for sure. <laughs> it is and it isn't, right? So like now, like, like now you're you go okay well I know not to do that again. Yeah. Of course you know from like the hard way, but like nowadays it's, kids don't know their limits. So like you want to test the boundaries and all that stuff, and you could be fine, or you could just you know fall and hurt yourself. But at least then you know what what's going on. Like, yeah, I I've said it a million times on this podcast. If it wasn't for the hard way, I would never fucking learn at all. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> So uh, what are some big brother things that you can obviously take credit for, for like where it comes into Sean's personality? Well, like his looks, his intelligence. (laughs) uh... (laughs) Josh used to help me with my math homework. I remember that because he's like, he was the math guy that inspired me to like enjoy math more. Yeah. And like, uh, even in the career that I'm in, he was uh, five years ahead of me in framing. So obviously I learned all that from, I taught him martial arts, like we trained <laughs> together, but I got better at it than him. Uh, oh, is that so? <laughs> you guys should fight and we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll have a two sides of the story cage match. <laughs> yeah. You had to eat the chip. I have to fight my older brother. Yeah. <laughs> 
for 500 <laughs> followers on Instagram, Sean will find <laughs> <one brother. laughs> now on pay per view sides versus sides cage match. I'm like no, a it's... huge Wayne's World fan, as you both know. Yeah. I would 100% sell myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me a bag of Doritos and pay me to fucking talk about it all day long. Yeah. Yeah. No Put some Sasha, stickers forget, on your hat. Is it you or Jen that's the oldest? Uh, Jen. So do you suffer from like major middle child? Oh, yeah. I've had it rough my whole life. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I deal with it. <laughs> Josh is also born December 30th. So it's like a fuck you birthday that we've talked about in the past. Like, yeah. you know, you always get it, it's like you get one ski on the 20 or on the 25th for Christmas and you get the second ski on the 30th kind of kind of shit. You know? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's brutal. Not to that extent, but no, but pretty much. Like, here's this. Merry Christmas. And here's the <laughs> batteries for it. Happy birthday. Just yeah. once I want a birthday present that isn't wrapped in Christmas present wrapping. but <laughs> It's when everyone has out at the time. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just once. I'll even send it for newspaper. Just please. No Christmas trees on it. Yeah. I think parents should just lie to their kids when that happens. Just be like, it's actually this date. And you don't need to know, like, you'll see your birth certificate later and figure it out. But as a kid, <laughs> yeah. you get the get better birthday, like, window. Yeah, you were born December 30th, but we celebrated in August. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, there are some people that do that. Uh, like, I once had a summer birthday party just because we had a pool and I wanted a pool party. So, like, we just celebrated my birthday in the summer one year. And I had friends that were kind of upset with that because, like, we bought you a birthday present in the winter because we didn't expect this. but Here's a sled. It's June 23rd. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. um, Yeah, it's funny. It's like buying a bike for Christmas. They can't really enjoy it until like April in Edmonton. (laughs) That's true. Fucking June in Edmonton. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny with like, it's funny with like, we're back to your question about Josh being the older sibling and like inspiring ways. I was thinking about that while we were talking there too, but music and stuff like that. It's like everything, when you have older siblings that are five years older than you, everything you get exposed to, like you wouldn't have gotten exposed to it in your age group. So you're always like with the grunge, like when Josh was 15 and like huge fucking Nirvana fan and Pearl Jam and all that, I was you're old enough to like recognize that and so i liked that as well you know what are what are some movies that you think that you've like shown jo- sean that you you may have been like this may have been too soon but i'm going to show it to you anyway uh we when we started watching menace to society together at like a, he was at a pretty young age i think okay but yeah. it was like our go-to we watched that like over and over again yeah, Chain spotting me... you showed me too, which is Chain awesome. spotting, yeah. Really that fucked up for a 12-year-old to watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Like I remember when you had your apartment, then you were like 18 or 19. I was 13 and like coming over and having like drink like a beer and like getting fucked up at your brother's house, like basically. 40 you know, ounces pretty- of beer and some there was like mama noodles all over our apartment the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> Eating dry noodles all drunk and whatnot. Yeah. 
Were you as exposed to having to move around as much as like like Sean? Well, so Sean was younger, so I guess you were out of the house at eighteen. By the way, do you have to move around as much with your dad as much as like Sean had to? Were you exposed to that or? Yeah, I had. I think I was in three different kindergarten classes, so that was like the start of my school experience. Oh shit! <laughs> we moved like twice that year. Two for me. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I added it up how many schools I went to, but it was twenty something. Like shit, really, eh? Same same deal as me, maybe more. Yeah. So you were like, were you always kind of like the new kid outcast until you kind of found your route, and then you had to go in and 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 then you had to move again. Was that the same kind of story? Pretty well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I just see like that's a. I've had these discussions with Sean all the time, and like this is never my life. I can't even fathom like, like even when we like did move, we didn't move anywhere exponential. Like, like everyone was still like relatively. They were five minutes away. Now they were ten minutes away. Like it was like that was it. Like the fact you kind of grew up in the same general neighborhood, eh? Essentially, yeah, just the same kind of like, like suburbs of Montreal kind of thing. But you guys kind of went all over Alberta. In Ontario for like a little while, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we lived for about six years in Ontario as a kid. I think I was 10 when we moved out to Edmonton. And then it was kind of in between Edmonton and uh, Leduc for a little while. Mm-hmm. You were born in Leduc, unlike me. Like yeah. I was born in Ontario, but they, mm-hmm. him or yeah, Josh and Jen were both born in Edmonton or Leduc rather, correct? Would you? Yeah. 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 So they were like when my dad, my dad and mom were both from Ontario. Then they moved out to Alberta. Then they had Jen and Josh here in Alberta. Then they moved back home to Ontario. And that's where they had um, me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we moved back to Alberta. Yeah. 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 Just going back and forth of just like, we liked it here better. No, we liked it here better. No, we liked it better. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Where do you want to it's raise a, the kids? I don't know yet. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it's yeah, a weird crazy. perspective in that sense because, like, when we would have moved back, I was five. It was like eighty nine, I think, right when we moved back to Alberta. So I was five years old, but Josh was ten. Yeah. Jen, Jen was eleven, so they were in grade five and grade six, whereas I was in kindergarten. So it's like an interesting perspective in that sense too, where they were older than me to be able to see more of like what was happening at the time and yeah. like With that me- move. With being older in Ontario, were you able to have relationships with like our our grandfather or our aunts and uncle or our uh, other uncles? Um, so I think I was probably about eight or nine years old, and uh, Jen and I went for like a week to uh, Grandpa Bernie and Grandma Myrna's place. Mm-hmm. So we got to like spend time with them there, and yeah. then I think there was like a handful of visits that we went there for like his I think it was like his 60th birthday or something like that mm-hmm. where like everybody was there like your dad was there and I think you might have been like a baby there oh, I possibly that was, was 88 I wasn't even born yet yeah okay yeah but that was yeah we we didn't really get a lot of visits with our extended family growing up like I think I can I spent a little bit of time with uncle larry i think we visited with him a little bit here and there mm-hmm. so yeah you would you were exposed to way more of that than me i guess funny to think about that in a sense 
because but then like by the time we moved out of there that right yeah for sure yeah so yeah we were kind of grew up kind of disconnected from the extended family yeah i think like i think we all kind of had those ways what have you like... thought of like well it's glitching out a bit yeah i heard that yeah. sorry go ahead uh sean how have you felt about like listening to the podcast and getting to know Tom and thoughts on like what you've learned about Tom and even like the, the Deanna episode, the Paul episode, like what's it like from your perspective as another side that knows me, but is now learning about our cousins as well. That's been really interesting. Like it's uh, like, you all seem like family, like hearing your stories and getting to know you through the podcast. Like it's, it's really cool to see like sides from all over the country and like little similarities and, you know, differences. Yeah. It's, it's been cool to get to know you guys. Through, through, through your listening. Has there, have, have you had any like questions that have been brought up? Like I've, I know I've told like a whole bunch of personal stories and stuff about like, like growing up just in Quebec or like through like my own parents, like, you didn't get to know my dad at all uh, through just various text uh, message exchanges that uh, that you've shared with me. Is there any other, uh, like, you, is there anything you're curious about, like a question about me or your uncle that you wouldn't mind knowing? Um, honestly, I don't have a specific question, but, like, I, I love hearing the stories, though, like, any any of the stories have been good and interesting to hear like yeah yeah just yeah yeah because like you said on the spot with questions like that you have any <laughs> profound questions for me can, yeah. you, can, can you give me like three profound questions right yeah. now that like well, yeah i gotta realize that holy fuck i'm just putting them on the spot right now sorry about that josh oh, i like oh, it it was fun too <laughs> no uh i sent my rider and asked for like some green m&ms and stuff too but... <laughs> <laughs> they didn't come in the mail sean should have taken care of that fuck i nope, forgot <laughs> next week actually i do have some kind of m&ms in here somewhere but <laughs> there you go just in case um no yeah uh like you said though i never really got to know your dad just like a couple brief conversations but uh definitely interested to know like what kind of guy he was like and i think i've gotten like a little bit of that just from listening to you guys like from the stories you've told and whatnot oh, i'll tell you right now he he played jump rope with the line of goofy and serious at the same time like you could talk to that man and you would have no idea if he was kidding or not and like 99.9 percent .9 of the time he was but he just had this aura about him like do do i laugh or should i be afraid i don't <laughs> like should i he's fucking with me right like there's no like and there were like there were those like tons of those moments like throughout like even like growing up people would come to me and go like is your dad kidding i'm like i don't even know man like don't rub him the wrong way <laughs> I think that's a common sides thing, actually, too. Like, yeah. to be fucking with someone and they have no idea, like, like Our you deadpan said. Our like, is, just as a familial state, is unbelievable. Yeah, we, could, sure. we could seriously sell someone by just showing zero emotion in the look. And it's just... <laughs> <laughs> and it fucks with people unbelievably. It's just... 
it's good dad looks too. Like you get that meanness to it. Yeah. 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 I um, guess Tom, that's a funny point to bring up while we're on it. Josh is a grandpa. Hey. Yeah. I'm well aware of that. Yeah. So you're, you're a grandfather. Yeah. Not even, not even pushing 50. <laughs> Still like the best head of hair and probably out of all of the grandfathers and besides family history. It's How's a little that? bit starting to recede. I'm getting a little worried. <laughs> yeah. That damn hard hat, it just keeps it like yeah. on all the time. <laughs> like, does it hit you ever that you're a grandfather? Do you like ever look in the mirror or you're just like, I don't feel like a grandfather? Oh, yeah. It's insane sometimes to just think about it. Like, the, yeah, like it's crazy to think that there's a third generation underneath me, like running around. Yeah. yeah but uh it's great though i love it it's uh yeah. yeah it's really fun she's uh she's like the spitting image of her mother at the same age too like, like of my daughter avery yeah so it's yeah. like really trippy sometimes you look at her and it's like looking at avery at that age it's, yeah it must be unbelievable it's a cool thing for people to have a window to, like to their past too right because it Avery was a little girl at that age, right? Once, and then you're like seeing her daughter at that age. That's got to be such a trip. Yeah, it's really cool. I get she's talking lots now too. She actually made up her first knock knock joke. It was like, knock knock. Who's there? Grandpa. Grandpa who? And that was just the end of the joke because she doesn't really understand knock knock jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was pretty cool though. That's that, pretty good. Yeah. Just thinking yeah. about me making up jokes about me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. But, like you were the first one to continue the bloodline. Like, th- like there's gotta be a, like some kind of sense of pride in there. So, like you're, so I like I I know that like Jen's the oldest, but you're like the second oldest of like our our generation of sides family and then you're responsible for the bringing in the first set of the third or that next generation yeah it's cool for sure it's a neat feeling it's like yay for teenage pregnancy you get to (laughs) be the first (laughs) it comes it has its pros and cons it's perfect (laughs) yeah this is the good part like i get to be a 42 year old grandpa running around playing in the park with my granddaughter just it's still a lot of fun you know so what what's like that, that like you ever get that or like someone goes like that's your daughter you go actually it's my granddaughter yeah it's like a little confidence boost like oh you're so young to be a grandpa yeah. <laughs> it's like getting carded at the liquor store it's like, oh yeah it makes me feel young again thank you yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny too because there'd be a lot of parents of a child that age that are that are your age, and you're like, "Oh no, I am a generation ahead of you." Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Easy as it. I'm not a new parent. I'm a new <laughs> grandparent. This kid's yeah. getting fucking spoiled. It's <laughs> funny. Um. So uh, Jen was telling a story. I believe when you first found out that you were having kids, you guys were on a trip out east. No. Yeah, so me and uh, my ex, my kid's mom, and Jen and her boyfriend at the time, we all had lived together in downtown Edmonton. Mm -hmm. And we like got this half-baked scheme together one night to uh, like move out to Halifax. 
so we like sold all our shit and like pooled all our money and packed up and moved out there yeah but like on the way out there we stopped in fredericton and rochelle was like really sick so we took her to the er and found out that she was pregnant so we ended up going to halifax but we only stayed for like two weeks because we got freaked out and we're like no way we're not like gonna be new parents completely isolated from everybody we know yeah. and so we like came back to edmonton and i must have yeah. taken away from a bit of the adventure of seeing the east coast a little bit like having like the stress is like well you're pregnant we got to figure this out like, well the- yeah especially like being i think i was just turned 19 i think yeah when i found out about that so i was like it wasn't a planned pregnancy so i was like pretty shocked to find (laughs) out yeah like happy about it it wasn't like oh my god i can't do this kind of thing like i was happy about it right from the start but it was still as a 19 year old especially looking back on it now like you're just a kid basically and you're like you know responsible yeah. for a life like, <laughs> yeah that without like a car like the first couple years of being a parent like no car you're taking the kid on a bus you're just like you know grinding at work and then having to go to go- get groceries having to bring probably kids with you to do that task and then coming back on a bus like that must have been a struggle yeah it was definitely but uh honestly looking back on it it was enjoyable like it was fun to grow up and just kind of like have nothing and then kind of you know build yourself up as the kids grow up like it would have definitely been easier to like get all financially stable and then have a family and yeah you know but like i don't know it was fun just winging. when you're you have kids that young too you really get to like be a kid with your kids right dad used to talk about that and you got to experience like you just said about amelia now you have the opportunity to be a young grandfather and be in your kids like the kids lives right as they yeah, grow for sure it's cool to see it's cool seeing like the, the children that you've raised you know like josh read to his kids every single night before bed and they're yeah. both both his kids are like so smart and great kids you know and it's crazy to see like how much that how like that kind of investment you put into your kids how far it goes you know i know it was fun i agree man like i met your kids like well only just a handful of times now but i mean like you have one artist on your hand like avery's a bit of an artist i'm correct and then um your your son's name that eludes me right now ethan thank you you know dog sitter extraordinaire Um, (laughs) But, like, so it must have been, like, like, I can't even fathom the idea of having kids. Like, I don't know, like, that joy that must bring you, like, to have them and then to be, the, like, to see that these outside talents and you're like, where'd you get this from? This is amazing. Is yeah, I know. It's great to see, for sure. Like, do you have, like, that, that artistic side or is that from somewhere else? Like, is that um, So... I was into art like in around high school, but I never really bared down and like did a whole lot. I'd say their mother probably would take more credit because she was really into painting and whatnot. Okay. But uh, Avery, right from like a, like as soon as she could hold a crayon, she's been into art. Like we always had like those packages of construction paper and like 
she would literally, that was always her favorite thing to do. So it was one of those things. She was just kind of born with the need to create art and she just kept working at it. And yeah. That's all Jen- <clears throat> Jennifer's like that too. She's had that art. Yeah. Jenny used to paint well, a right? lot. Yeah. That's awesome. It's- Sean, where are all your talents? Um, I have a lot of them talking, being <laughs> handsome, uh, being good at lifting things from one place to the other. Um, yeah, there's a few. You sound yeah, like a bitch. That's what, that's what I say. That's what I tell people about me. You got a question about Star Trek? Uh, I'm fucking <laughs> ready to go, bitches. <laughs> that's that's awesome. hilarious. Well, like even you said on the past podcast, like I go to you, go to you because you're my Star Trek guy. Like. Dude, like I like, there are so many people that know so much more than me. Oh yeah, fuck. <laughs> There's a big world out there of Star Trek. It's hard to know everything. <laughs> oh. And the people that do know all the stuff that they know, or the ones that could commit to speaking Klingon, is just unbelievable. Have you ever done the the Comic Con stuff that Sean likes to do? You ever do that with them, or is there a thing that you would do in the future? No, like I've always been kind of interested in going to Comic Cons, just kind of never got around to going. But yeah, yeah, I'm into all the same kind of like shows and movies that you guys talk about on here as well. So yeah, definitely it's up my alley. Just haven't gone out to one. Yeah, you're doing the Marvel train right now, hey? Yeah, I started with Laura, my wife. We started watching like right from Iron Man. And we're up to uh, Ant Man and the Wasp now. So. Oh shit! You're coming along. That, yeah, that is, you're gonna do the full, just going all, all the way. Yeah, we're gonna go through all the shows and everything. So it's pretty That's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I think we're like Endgame is the last in Phase Three, and then we're into Phase Four, and that has all like the new shows that came out. So. Yeah, I can't remember if Captain Marvel comes out before or after Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think that might be right before Endgame, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got that. Well, you're going to love it because it's super 90s, and there's a bunch There's a bunch of, like, 90s Easter eggs and stuff like that just throughout the movie. Nice. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, Josh got to, like, live really through the 90s, right? Because you were born in 1979? Yeah, right at the end. Yeah, December 70s 30th. are a blur to me. I don't even remember them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how does, I don't know if Sparky put it. If you remember the 80s, you weren't really living. Yeah, either. that's what I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, too. It was kind of literally like the same ideas, like the 70s were a blurred. Yeah, you got the, one the day. The 90s would have been my blurred generation, I think, but I was like a kid in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, growing up, like, you were, like, there for, like, like that big change of, like, grunge music sweeping the nation, like, Nirvana, rap. Uh, like, yeah. rap taking the rise. So, like, like, like as a teenager, did you get to like kind of embrace that at all? Did you get to like go to these shows? Did you get to like do anything like that? Yeah. So I seen uh, Pearl Jam when they were touring right after the uh, 10 album, like just right before Versus came out, I guess. So it was like basically right in their prime. And then I got to see like the Smashing Pumpkins during their Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness tour. Oh, wow. That was awesome because I was pretty big into them at the time and they did like their regular show. It was like about an hour and a half or something. And then they just kind of 
were improvising on stage for like an hour after that. So that was pretty cool to see. Oh, yeah, I hear Billy Corden's a bit of like a like a crazy artist and stuff like that. Like he's a bit of a perfectionist, which led to like the downfall of the Smashing Pumpkins. But like, like yeah, like, I think his ego kind of killed the band. <laughs> yeah, like I, I've I've said this before. I I feel like I was always robbed about not being a teenager in the '90s because like that is just my era of time. Like, because I will look at like. 1991 there is like so many albums that came out that were so good like nirvana nevermind mm-hmm. uh soundgarden's first album there was like i don't know five or six different albums that came out within a couple months span that were like really good yeah it, it, it's it, it was like grunge's like 1973 and 73 you had dark side of moon come out uh band on the run came out there was like a whole laundry list of like crazy good albums and like yeah i think 1991 would be a very similar thing where you ever get to into oasis and all that because there's just bands that like peak yeah i like i liked oasis kind of like they were okay but i never really like where it was really hard into them the band with the murderer the murderer singer from that other band what's that you like those the murderer singer the guy who like killed the other musician but he's a singer of the main singer of a band um you like that band too um was he like a rapper no no foo Foo fighters foo fighters sorry you're a bit you are dave grohl foo fighters yeah Yeah. you like i like the foo fighters yeah i fucking love the Foo fighters and sean's being a dick right now like despite dave grohl killing kurt cobain i think that they've like put a lot of good music out since then yeah but like i think kurt had lots of notebooks and shit so where did those songs come from very good point i mean like there's a whole bunch of other interviews that you've seen like where like dave Grohl was very much musically inclined like you can like there's i'm not he was a good drummer for sure yeah and he's but he was also like a good guitarist like once, well, once he murdered Kurt too, and like took I all those swear to fuck that Josh Sean, I will fly to Edmonton just to beat you up. <laughs> do, do not fucking besmirch the name. It's such Gabriel. a fun thing to bring up. Josh was doing it too. You just didn't catch that. <laughs> He's a guest. I'm gonna try and treat him a little. Over <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna attack Sean because I can. Fuck you. <laughs> um no that's a fun thing to joke about for sure but no it was cool to grow up during that time with those bands like it was uh lots of good bands around there like even sublime was in around the 90s and yeah what was it like growing up in edmonton in the 90s so like my experience of edmonton is like it's all about all around it's like uh gentrification so it has like the new arena so everything was kind of changing around it and then I always found Edmonton to be a very, uh, it's a great comedy town. It's a great entertainment town. What was, like, how, how, how was it for you being like a teenager where you would have to like, you know, growing up somewhere, you'd have to take a bus or you had to take or you're wherever you were. Like, what was it like for you to grow up in Edmonton then? Like, how much has it changed? Uh, it's changed a lot. Like the city's grown exponentially, like, it's easier to get around the city now, I think, than when I was a teenager. We used to walk all the time. Like, 
we'd walk from Londonderry to downtown just for something to do, kind of. Oh, shit, that's a, that's a hike. It was a, yeah, it was like a two-hour walk, probably, but yeah. Um, no, I had a really good time growing up as a teenager here. There was always lots of, like, you know, adventuring in the River Valley and yeah, just doing bad stuff. <laughs> oh, <I don't> know. <laughs> sacrificing people to the devil that kind of yeah thing. all that kind of stuff we're now you're right here on the podcast josh what's that yeah <laughs> i started to say something they're like oh wait i'm on national television here I can't. Yeah. <laughs> there's um, always fun things like that where you're like how much do i share <laughs> like, that's why we haven't had kieran back on because he's just got too much dirt on me if him and Tom like realize they can team up to expose like Tom's world, just be rocked with some of the stories, and it's you know it's one of those things. There's a couple times I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. Shut the but fuck like the, that's the thing, like I feel like sharing these stories is probably like for the best. Like I think I've shared some of my more embarrassing, not like I shared the Oompa Loompa story on this fucking podcast when Josh, uh, when my buddy Josh came on to the podcast, and yeah, like, it's like there's been. I, I let my like it, like it's you know it's not my finest moment but hey it's oh, out shit. there you can always like it happened I can laugh about it <laughs> so you, if you ever want to share your stuff I'll be ready yeah, one yeah. day <laughs> yeah. you whatever get some fucking courage going fine <laughs> <laughs> did you notice Josh I actually saw on Facebook today I think it was today or yesterday eleven years ago we saw Bob Seger. Was that? Oh, that was the Bob Seger night, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that photo of the three of us sitting there. I'm pretty sure that's the night we went to uh, Bob Seger. How was that? I've never like I've I'm a big Bob Seger guy. I've never had the the pleasure. He was awesome. It was fucking awesome. He put on a show like he sounded so crisp and clear. It yeah. was wicked because he has yeah. some fucking hits. Oh yeah. <clears throat> like, I, think I might I go ahead and say Night Move is probably like one of my favorite songs of all time. It's a good one. What's that other one? Uh, the other really popular one. Against the wind. Against the one. wind. Yeah, that's my favorite for sure. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. there's just so much. Like the lists go. Uh, rock and roll. It's, what's the one I'm thinking of? Old time oh, rock. The and roll. Tom Cruise dancing one. There's just so many. Night moves is a fucking like Tom said is a bitch and ass fucking song. I'm looking up some Bob Seger hits right now. Then there's the the Ford truck song like a rock. Oh yeah, that's a gem for sure from when we were kids. Old time rock and roll is the one I was trying to think of. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Old time rock and roll. <laughs> Count of music just soothes soul. And then you know, it's like uh, that, like it's iconic from like as Josh alluded to, like from Risky Business. And then it has always been there, like TV, everything has parodied it for, for the longest Hollywood time. Hollywood Nights, still the same. Yeah. Turn, Turn the page. page. Turn the page. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the Even best. The Metallica too. version. Like I version. go back and That's forth. That's a wicked. They're both great. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer old Metallica, but that was definitely a good cover. Yeah. Like there's so there's some good stuff Metallica has done. I'm like, I don't even give a shit about like, like they're like even like their old albums like Load and Reload. I found like I I enjoy them immensely. Like King Nothing comes from the the Load and like there there's a, a there's something to be said about those older albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My favorites are probably Master of Puppets and Ride the Lightning. 
great great and, albums and justice for all but yeah there's definitely i found some good stuff in all of their music like in all yeah. their albums they, they're wicked musicians is what the, what it is too even if it's not your song or you can still listen to it and be like fuck they're good you know 100 percent, i agree with that one, one thing you guys would realize i was just thinking to myself one thing you guys would probably connect on a lot more than what me and tom have connect, connected on is books like josh is a big reader of everything when it comes to books like he's got a vast library i collect coins and rocks and records and shit but josh is like a book collector oh very good i got a decent kind of collection of books going on um nice. i'm currently reading uh tom segura just wrote a book so i'm reading that but then i'm gonna go back and uh get back into some stephen king so like i've nice so like i i lived a life of like hating hated reading because of school because they yep. never gave us anything good to read. I found it boring. I never liked anything that they assigned to us. And I just, and I was, and I found out that as long as I participated in the conversation, I never had to read the books. So like, I would just like listen to other people's opinions and then participate to make it seem like I read the book. And yeah. then I would just steal from like, well, I would agree with what like Agnes said, but I also found that like what, Peter said was also like very powerful. So I also found like, I happen to agree with these two <laughs> points, but I disagree here. I found that to be very tripe. And then like, you can <laughs> like do that. And then I, I was able to just get away with it throughout high school, never fucking reading. And yeah. then I wasn't until like a buddy found like, like I know the movie came out a little while ago, but you read the ready player one books. No, I haven't. No, uh, uh, Josh, I think you'd like the books much more than the movie did because there's it's riddled with 80s nostalgia yeah i'll have to check it out yeah and from like video games to uh to movies to so like there because because of like a rights issue there they they can't just take all this stuff and put it into a movie they only had the rights that they had the rights to by having steven spielberg involved which is quite a bit like he's involved with like a, a huge amount of things but like the, you, again, you can only do so much. But in the book, at one point, they have to relive the whole movie of War Games. Oh, cool! So like this, a it's a very like very different perspective. And then like there there was a sequel to it that I, I also really enjoyed, where you get to have you have to fight seven different versions of Prince, where Prince is like, <laughs> pretty iconic of reinventing yeah. himself every few years. So you had to fight <laughs> Prince with the time. Awesome purple rain prince would be fucking scary <laughs> yeah so it's it, it's a it's a great read i do recommend those especially a, a man who like grew up in the 80s and 90s and probably has the same love of pop culture that sean and i do yeah for sure i'll check that out definitely and, and then uh what are you reading now right now i'm reading uh goblet of fire i'm going through the harry potter books fucking right first time yeah so uh yeah first time it's been i started a couple of years ago and i was just reading like one or two every year just to kind of break up like because i'll read a lot of non-fiction and it gets kind of heavy and then i'll throw in a novel like harry potter especially i find it's like just relaxing and it's very i know what i went years because of my hatred of reading i didn't want to read them my mom bought them all for us, never yeah. read them. And then it wasn't until like when I was in Edmonton, I made some friends that were super Harry Potter people. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I got into like an argument 
about Harry Potter, about like like the, the character development. And then they're like, you don't have a fucking leg to stand on. You've never read the books. I was like, I'll be right back. And I read all the books and I came back. So fuck you. I was right about my argument. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't read the books. So I was able to come back at it. And then, but I did find reading these books were far superior than like watching the watching the movies were when, yeah. which i found to be like did you find that when by by reading the books after the movies have come out that they're entirely different than how you would want them to be mm, not so much that i think it's like i don't know more depth a little bit but then i like i didn't i kind of expected a little bit difference really because like when you're making like a two to three hour movie and then you're having like a four to 600 page book, whichever the case is, you're never going to like do it real justice. I think oh, like you're going to, you're going to get the gist of it, but you're not going to like get all the fine details. Yeah. I wish like, and that's where like, I kind of stand like, I would love it if they, if they were ever to reboot Harry Potter to not do it as movies this time, but to do it as a full fledged series. So you can give, the yeah, attention that it deserves, and actually have all the characters because a big character they they eliminated a couple characters or they just kind of skated by them. Like Peeves isn't in the book, isn't in the movies at all, where he's mm-hmm. a strong proponent throughout all of the books. And then you could have like a strong, um, uh, a, a strong uh, episode that's solely based on having a Quidditch match. Like you could do these things. I like the, I think the technology and the patience is there and like the fans would just love it to be honest. Uh, personally, that's me talking, but you know, with all this day and age where TV now is kind of taking over, like we just got a Sandman series on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm fucking stoked to see that finally like Sandman on the screen. Is Sandman like, is that like a Marvel thing? It's a, it's a DC uh, comic book. It, it was like a, Neil Gaiman, like one-off series kind of thing. Oh, okay. I thought Sandman was like from Spider-Man. The, 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 that's a different character, but like this story of Sandman. And it's not like, Harry Potter related? No. Okay. Cause you just went from that to that. No, so. but it, but it, what I'm Sandman saying. Sandman was in Harry Potter, but in the. No, the reason I'm going from this is <laughs> it, it's a, it, it's a recent series, like TV series. From, from a success, it was from a successful. Okay, uh, I see the road now. Sorry yeah. for interrupting. Oh. But yeah, Harry Potter TV series would be awesome because you could really do it justice and get like all the details in there. It's like uh, which call it that other show, Game of Thrones. Yeah, the I found like the first season of that. It was like really close to the book. Yeah. But then afterwards, they kind of like became two different entities. Now, did that bother you as someone that read read the books? It like it did and it didn't. I felt like the way that the series went, that it kind of got rushed because they were like cashing in on the popularity of it. So I feel like, I don't know, you can't really do a series on a book's justice if the series on the books isn't even finished being written yet Mm -hmm. like i don't know there's lots of characters that like didn't exist like in the show that were a pretty big part of the books and lots of storylines like i don't want to say too many spoilers but a lot of people die in game of thrones and 
it turned out differently in the books and the movies in a lot of cases. Yeah. It's interesting. I've never read the books. It'd be fun to read Harry Potter and Game of Thrones at some point, I'm sure, if reading was more fun and cooler. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> you never know. Yeah. Um, do you have like do you have a favorite novel of all time or a favorite character or is there is there a book uh, you've read more than once? Yeah, there's quite a few. Uh, for favorite like authors, it would probably be Tom Robbins, Kurt Vonnegut, and Dostoevsky. Okay, I'd say. Um, yeah. It's hard though. It's like picking a favorite movie. There's so many. Like, yeah, I would. I would. I, I can attest to that. Like, there's, there's only been two. Like, one thing I found found doing is I if there's a book that I really enjoyed that I knew I wouldn't mind going back to. Uh, so I was a member of Audible. So I find it if I ever wanted to hear it, I could get it through it faster if someone read it to me. So I would yeah. go on like my long hikes and then like re-listen to the books as. I found Audible very helpful for things like that. So my Audible account is basically all books I've already read before. Nice. But I get to hear again if I really enjoyed them. It's nice. That's a good that. idea. They had uh, Ethan actually gave me a good hack for when you're reading is you find the book on YouTube and then you put, put the speed to like double or triple and then you play it while you're reading. And it like you can like read way faster and it kind of soaks in more because you're hearing it at the same time. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I did that with a book. I read uh, 100 Years of Solitude that way and I just burnt right through it. And it was pretty cool, actually. That's awesome. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. I have a hard process. Time yeah, if I can, he- if I'm hearing something, I'm reading something. I don't know. If- what part of my mind would take over and there's then, a supercomputer yeah. in there somewhere that processes that shit apparently for some people like josh right. and ethan not <laughs> us normal fucking cavemen i was like following with my finger to like keep, keep up, up the pace <laughs> yeah. that's cool that's awesome i uh one of my favorite authors and i've spoken about him before is a guy named brad Meltzer. Okay. what i also like about him is that he's also a comic book fan and then he will like sprinkle in comic book knowledge but he also does like his own research and he does like he he's done these like books about like escaping from the white house and he knows all the tunnels from the white house because he's experienced and all this stuff one of his first first not his first book but one of up there is a book called the oh my god it's gonna it's gonna bother me i it's one of my favorite books uh i'm gonna have to but it involves um the first issue of Superman. Okay. And so uh, because of all of the, like the, uh, because of that, like the, the fact that the, the, the Superman's involved, he named uh, the main characters are Cal and Ellis. So you got Cal L. Yeah. So uh, see if I can find it here. While you're looking this up, I have something funny to do with like collectibles and stuff like that. All of Josh's collectibles, as he outgrew them, became my collectibles, like his He-Man collection, his comic book collection, and like I still have your the Silver Surfer comic that you got. Yeah, I think you have my 
Bill and Ted's comic. And yeah, I do have that as well. <laughs> and the, ugh, those are mine because you lost it at the time. And it's yeah. kind of funny how that works. How like when you're an old, <laughs> the younger brother always ends up with the coolest shit in a certain ways because you lost interest in it. And I'm like, fuck you, it's mine now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Oh, well, like, you, and then you like, I give you all my commands and you go and lose them. Wow. wow. That was a fucking low blow. <laughs> that was a serious low blow. I want my fucking... Sherry Gano, I don't give a shit if you sue me for saying your fucking name on here. I want my fucking He-Man back, you fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, the book is called The Book of Lies. Um, okay. It's a cool read, and then if you ever want to go into it, by Brad Meltzer. And he has like these other series. Uh, he has The Escape Artist and Lightning Rod. The Escape Artist is first, and it's like it's some really cool like thriller stuff if you can get into that. Yeah, I'll have to check it out for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, as an avid listener to the, the podcast, like what are some things that you've been really enjoying? What are some things that you think we can work on? Like, do you have any criticisms? Um, I really enjoy all the recommendations. Like you guys haven't maybe done as much lately. So more of that would be good. Okay. Like whatever movies, shows, music. Uh, actually, you got me into Kid Cudi because I heard like a couple of his songs and I liked them. But then I like put on the whole album like Man on the Moon and I just literally kept oh, listening to it over and me, over. That makes me feel so good. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. So, uh, that, that means a lot to me. That's awesome. I, I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, that's no, cool. That's like great. one of the things, like we we dropped it because like both of us were starting to be dicks to each other. Like he tried to make me take a boat down the river, and stuff like that <laughs> happened. So we had to stop. <laughs> you should take a boat down the river. <laughs> you should go canoeing. You fucking. <laughs> it looks fun. We have this spot out by Devon that we go and sit in, and there's always people that are like starting out there to end it up is fun by, like, the I'm zoo just fucking, or whatever. I'm just fucking around. But, you also have but, a lake house. Go canoeing there. I don't even I do. Canoeing. I have. <laughs> and kayaking and stuff this summer. But I'm just saying um, that shit's cool. And it's fun to recommend stuff. Like I get, I appreciate that you said that because it is fun music wise. And like for our listeners too, potentially that we, if we don't realize that, right. Yeah, you know, yeah, really no, like I'm the Sparky episode because he drops his series of like recommendations of like from his perspective, and I think you're gonna find some very interesting gets from there. Yeah, nice. I wrote down yeah. a shitload of notes like after during the episode because I want to look up these things that he was talking about. So that's always good to get new music to listen to because I'll go through periods where I just get sick of like everything in my library and agreed. Always good to get new new stuff in there. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what's yeah. a if uh, like I'm not like uh, I try to read a book a month and I'm kind of gone away from that. But I have never read any Kurt Vonnegut. What is a what's a good starter to get into him? Uh, Slaughterhouse Five or Breakfast of Champions. Okay. I would say anything is good. He's kind of like this kind of slapstick kind of. Oh, slapstick is another one. Uh, but yeah, he just, his style of writing is awesome. He's got like a great sense of humor and the way he tells a story is just kind of a little bit offbeat, I guess. Okay. Very good. But yeah. Uh, one sec. 
he must access his library that happened. Allow me to roll my chair backwards to go to my library. Oh, excuse me while I go fetch This it. one's good too, Cat's Cradle. Cat's Cradle. Yeah. Very good. But yeah, yeah anything really. Because I'm always looking for like new authors and like, I don't know, like sometimes I'm in the mood for like, I, I like I really like fantasy, but also like horror is fun to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, I'm always looking for like a new kind of, like the best thing is that you don't know what your favorite kind of thing is until you experience it. So you have to like try new things. And for me, reading has been fairly new. I just kind of know like the books that I've, that I've already kind of like, and I like the mind of Stephen King. I want to expand. Um, I want to expand on like that horror genre. I've tried to do it with a couple of other books. Yeah. Um, and then the, I, I do enjoy um like political thrillers or just thrillers in general. I like, I, and I also, who, who doesn't love a good whodunit? Mm, those are fun. I read, uh, what the hell was it? It was a really famous one, I think. Uh, and then there were none or something it was called. And then there were none. Yeah. It was like a murder mystery where all these people are stuck on a house and people get, keep getting killed and they don't know who the murderer is kind of thing. Oh, okay. That a lot like Clue? Good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. You know, you, um, Sean, did I ever get you to watch that movie? Um, I feel like we talked about it. I don't know that. I think I've seen it before, possibly. It's unbelievable. It was like 1992 or some shit like that, right? Something like that. If, if anything, it's late 80s. I'm sure I've seen it. Have you ever seen it, Josh? No, no, I could never get behind a movie made about a board game. I think this uh, for its comedy and for everything that it's worth, because it's like a who's who, like you will recognize everyone. Christopher Lloyd's in it, uh, Tim Curry, um, Michael McKean, I think his name is like, there's a, like, and then like various other actresses. I, I just I can't think of their names right now, but it's, it's such a silly comedy, but it's so much fun. And it was one of the first ones to have like alternate endings because the fun part about Clue is that anyone could have been the murderer. And so they okay. retell it as they give you all of the other endings because anybody could have been the murderer. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. So cool. I do recommend checking out the movie Clue because it's a lot it's a lot better than you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll make a risk movie. That might be good. I think that's what most of the war movies are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. We used to play a lot of fucking Risk together. Yeah. Yeah. Sean couldn't take losing, so we stopped after a while. (laughs) No, I just, honestly, I did. I am retired from Risk for Life now, but it's because it gets so fucking boring when you win all the time. You know, (laughs) what's the point? Like, world domination is easy, so... Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'm speaking from experience. It is what it is. It's like how me and Josh used to play Super Nintendo together, Mario Kart and hockey, and we don't anymore because he got tired of fucking losing. <laughs> I would I play Mario Kart any day of the week. Yeah, it's just them cup. And we've always been 50-50 on that, if I'm speaking truthfully <laughs> for a moment. It's a back and forth like fucking battle. Um, hockey, I don't think you stand a chance at me if we played 96. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. I keep, I've got a Xbox and I've got hockey like NHL 
19 or 20 or something and i keep wanting to play it but i never get around to it it's so uh, hard to find time for that shit when you get older but it's fun. nowadays like i like i live alone and like most of my time is either it's just not playing video games like, i was playing some today like in between because we did like three podcasts today i'm very impressed with us but like yes uh, like in between like some i had like some downtime and i play like but i'll play for like five six minutes i'm like this is a good amount of time let's go do something else yeah, I figure like years ago, back in 06, I, I won a lot of cups. I had like a pretty strong dynasty there. And <laughs> I just, I found I couldn't put in more time into it. Like I love playing, but it's just so much other shit to do that it's hard to put the time in. It's kind of going to be like my retirement plan to just sit in the old folks home and catch up on all the video games play all the games <laughs> that you missed out on that's always my hope too but then i'm like what if arthritis in my hand <laughs> that would fucking suck but yeah, maybe by then we can not. just think it. cbd oil is a hell of a thing fellas cbd holodex oil. yeah holodex pretty much um were you in edmonton for the stanley cup run for edmonton oilers yeah for 1990 yeah yeah so i guess for yeah. 90 I, but what about in the 80s never then no, we were in Ontario for all of those, except I think we came out back in either 89 or, yeah, around 89. 89 so, yeah. yeah, so we were there for 1990. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, so you guys, were you, did you get to go to the parade or anything like that? or was it? I don't think we went to the parade, but it was, like, just a really big deal in the city. So, yeah. like, I remember some kid, like, came to school the next day with, like, a big tinfoil Stanley Cup and, like... Yeah. yeah, I remember like that was probably like my earliest games that I actually remember was in around like 1990, like yeah. where I actually can recall the games and goals and shit like that went on in them. That's it was awesome. a pretty pretty cool to see. It was a good time to be alive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's a lot of fans out there that don't get to see your team win the Stanley Cup in their uh, while they're alive that's it must have been a great feeling like the canadians won in 1993 but i was three years old but there's i we have listeners uh, of this podcast like paul that will never know what it's like for the toronto maple Leafs to win the stanley cup oh man i feel i don't really know paul but i really feel for him because that would be hard to be a leafs fan like it would uh, be tough <laughs> He's such a nice guy, such a nice cousin of ours too. And I'm like, man, I'm so I feel just so bad for him. It's tough. I wouldn't I wouldn't wish it on anybody. No. <laughs> Did you you don't I like, wouldn't I, wish Leafs fandom on anyone. <laughs> it was funny. I've been roasting Tom because he got a Leafs jersey because he oh, likes no. to collect jerseys. Yeah, what is up with that, Tom? Holy it's not a Leafs jersey. It. I'm gonna grab it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like, uh, I keep forgetting to call him flapjack sides because I don't know. That was a pretty fun era. I, it's been <laughs> lately. I'm like, we got to bring flapjack back as well. <sighs> we can't see it. Put it in front of you. Um, It just looks like. A... Oh, yeah. Rodeo jersey. Now nice. turn it over. Okay. Uh, the look doesn't look as bad. Says man alive. I think he had it. it. He had it altered. He has another one that has a Leafs emblem on the front. Jesus Christ! I have nothing of the sort. <laughs> um, Dare you. I, I, I've been pretty much always Oilers fan, except like 
for a short period, I was a Nordiques fan when uh, in like the early nineties. Yeah. They had such a great team. Then they had like Matt Sundin, Mike Rieke, Joe Sackett. Yeah, they they were. Uh, if they could have stayed in Quebec, they would have been a fucking dynasty. Oh, especially um, when they got Eric Lindros and traded him, that like pushed them over the edge. Like, yeah. Well, they had to because he like he refused to put on the jersey, right? Yeah, but like if you look at what they got, it was like a great trade in retrospect. Like they got Hextall. They didn't really have a good goalie at the time. Isn't that how they got Forsberg as well? Forsberg, yeah. Forsberg hadn't played in the NHL yet. He was a prospect. But yeah, he was like one of the centerpieces of it. It's the result of the Colorado's Cups, basically, that trade, right? Oh, yeah. That like set them over the edge, I think. Unbelievable. It's, it's, oh, sorry on my mic just like what could have been is just insane yeah 06 was pretty pretty heartbreaking yeah Oilers fan yeah it was such a good run Mm -hmm. yeah I was talking to a guy about it recently and the guy goes nope I'm still upset about it yeah yeah I haven't healed this past spring helped a little but I'm still, it still hurts a little. Yeah, I can only imagine. It was really I nice feel bad for the Calgary. guy. There was, there was like a radio contest during the cup run, and this guy got like an Oilers emblem with a Stanley Cup tattooed on his back during like right before game Same seven or something. Champs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't, you can't commit to a thing like that. Yeah, right? yeah that was a big gamble. It was like the really, really tough contest or something. And it was one of the things, one of the assignments. They also made like a brother and sister kiss for a minute during that shit. And it happened. And like, it was just weird. Uh, they went they went a little too far sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they even do that shit anymore. And if I hope they don't, because they went pretty fucking far. Yeah. Edmonton's a silly place sometimes. There was a guy, I remember while we're on this, there was a guy with a, they wanted to know who had the smallest penis in Edmonton as part of it. And you had to have your face on a billboard with your measurements. And the guy had like an innie. It was like a minus 0.2 penis. I think it was like one negative one and three quarters. Yeah, it was like an innie of some kind. It was way in there. It would just like poke out a little bit, I guess. I don't know how it worked. (laughs) But um, like when it got hard and shit. But anyways, his innie is on a fucking billboard for a long time. (laughs) Like a year, I think. Poor bastard. But he won. He won, though. He won. <laughs> he won the fucking shit. So, yeah. What was it? What did he win? Like 10 grand, maybe? I don't know. Something. I don't know if I can put my fucking <laughs> on the line for 10 grand like that. Yeah, good luck on the dating services after. Well, you would hope that, that people would just want to see it, right? That you're, you get the spectacle, <laughs> yeah, the spectacle from... action. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes I a guess. Bit of an it's like a novelty. Yeah, it could be. Could work in your advantage. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, poor bastard. Um, like Josh, we're wrapping up here, but is there anything else that you want to get off your chest while you're on the show, or anything you want to talk about before we wrap things up? Insights, uh, jokes, puns, whatever you whatever you want here. You got anything? Uh I don't know, Tom. You know that joke you told me, the chiropractor joke like a week back. I told you a chiropractor joke? Yeah, it was about a week back. That was pretty good. That's all I got. It took me a minute. <laughs> Fuck. 
<laughs> I'm not sure who's worse in their puns. Is that, my favorite thing about like Sean will like I'll be rolling and I'll be like ranting and then he'll stop me just so he can say a fucking dumb joke and I'll take the win right out of my sail. And I was just like, yeah. I don't, like I was on a roll. You stopped me for this shit. So now instead of getting mad at him, I've been trying to do the same to him. Nice. Been, Which I respect. It's fine. Yeah. Just embrace the pun inside you, Tom. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes life worthwhile to just stop people and have you have a moment for a laugh. Tom's so serious. He's like, I don't want to laugh. I just want to keep ranting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, no, I'm no, a no, real miserable fucking shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That was fun. Yeah. Well, Josh, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was good to have this little platform to get to know you. Like I, we have never had like this form of conversation between you and I before, and it was like really nice to actually sit here and talk to you. I'm gonna take your uh, Vonnegut uh, recommendation seriously, and I'm gonna peruse those books. And I'll let you know how I feel about them in a and as soon as I get to them. Sounds good. Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for the Monday mornings. It's been good listening yeah. to you guys. So well, appreciate yeah. that. So uh, I'm sure you're familiar with how we normally close out the show. So we'll be doing that right now. I'll I'll, uh, I'll take lead, and then Sean Sounds will good. follow, and then Josh, you you just chime on in right after. You got it. Okay, ready. All right. Well, thanks thanks everyone for listening. This has been two sides of the story this week. I'm Tom Sides, and this has been one side of the story. And I'm Sean Sides, and this has been one side of the story. I'm Josh Sides, and this has been one side of the story. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Live long and prosper. Sides of the story. Two sides of the story. With Tom and Sean. Thanks for listening to Two Sides of the Story. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Instagram at Two Sides of the Story. On TikTok at Two Sides of the Story Pod. And if you want to send us an email, send it to two sides of the story pod. That's the number two sides of the story pod at gmail.com.